You know what I'm preaching on today? Revival. Revival. I'm glad revival's not a four-letter word, you know. No, we have been in a relationship series. And we've talked about, you know, a lot of different things about our children and and our marriages and just relationships uh, all around. And there's so many of those spiritual truths that, you know, will translate from one relationship to another. And the important thing is that we implement those spiritual truths that God has given us in his Bible, that we implement them into our lives. Because if we don't, the spiritual truths will just lay there, and they'll always be true, but they won't be active in our life. That's why the Bible tells us to be a doer of the Word. When we're a doer of the Word, it it takes the the knowledge that we gather and the knowledge that we learn, and when, when we do it, that puts it into the wisdom category. How many of you want to make wise decisions? Well, the way, the way you become wise and the way you make wise decisions, if you will make your, your decisions based upon spiritual truths, and your life will change if you will do that. I've seen that happen in my life and in many other people's lives. So let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer before we start on revival, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do worship you today. Father, we just humbly come before you, Father, and I just thank you, Father, that you've that you've brought everyone here as far as you have. And Father, we just thank you, Father. Your scripture says that, that you began a good work and you're able to finish it. And Father, we're just here to, 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 for you to show us how to finish it, what our next step is, what our, what our right actions are, and, and the direction that we should go. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to John 12, 35. John 12, 35, and we've looked at a couple of different scriptures throughout this, relation, this uh, relationship series, and basically you, you come down to what uh, the Pharisees, they asked Jesus, they said, out of all the laws, and, and that was actually talking about uh, the Ten Commandments, which is the most important? And out of all of them that Jesus could have quoted or talked about, he, he, he brings it down to something that each and every one of us can understand. And Jesus tells the whole world that the law of God is to love God with all your soul, all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. That's the number one law. And then Jesus said the second is like it and just as important, and that's to love your neighbor as yourself. So we can see, I've mentioned this before, we can see that the importance of relationship in our Christian walk. You know, if you have a lot of messed up relationships, you are probably doing a lot of things wrong. If you have a lot of messed up relationships, you are probably doing a lot of things wrong. But God has the answer for us. His word has the answer for us. And if we will implement that knowledge that's in God's word, if we will implement that and do that in our lives, we will act wisely. We will become more Christ-like and our relationships will improve. And that will bring glory and honor to God. Now, today we're talking about revival and, and, I, and probably most of you know that America needs 
revival. Can I get an amen for that? America needs revival. Our schools need revival, right? We know that. I mean, Lord knows Washington needs revival. Chicago, Springfield, America needs revival. Our schools need revival. Our marriages need revival. Our young people need revival. Our young people don't only need to, to hear about the Word of God and the greatness of God, but they need to see the goodness of God and the greatness of God. They need to see that. That's why I pray on a regular basis for this congregation. I pray, God, show them who you are. Reveal to them your, your goodness. Reveal to them your mercy. Reveal to them your power. You know, whenever, whenever we pray for people, it, it's not because we're trying to be somebody special. It's because we're doing what the Word of God says. And when we do what, what the Word of God says, God honors that and He reveals His power. Amen. Just like if you'll do what the Word of God says in your relationship, God will reveal His power in your relationship. So, America needs revival. Now, I might not get an amen on this next one, but think about this for a minute. Our churches need revival. Amen. amen. Across the country. When you have to get to church early to get a back seat, our churches need revival. Some of you didn't get that. I'll, I'll, say, it a, I'll say it a different way. If you get here late, you got to sit up front. All right? Our churches need revival. If, if you're more excited because church is over than church starts, we need revival. You've come here with the wrong attitude. And if you come here with that attitude, you know what you're going to get? You're not going to get nothing. An expected heart, a hungry and thirsty heart is what we need. But our churches need revival. When was the last time? Maybe some of you just a few minutes ago. When was the last time you threw your hands in the air and praised him with all that you had? When's the last time you did that? When, when was the last time you had a shouting fit? Huh? When was that? Glory to God. You know, now I know some of you, in, in honor of Pastor Mark Shell, I know some of you under saying, now preacher. He would say that all the time. Now preacher. I know some of you guys are saying, well, I don't have to shout. Well, you better get used to it. Because, let me tell you why. Because Jesus is coming back with a shout. A mighty shout. Glory. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 says, The Lord will rescind with a mighty shout. You think there'll be any shouting going on in heaven? Well, I'll tell you what. There will if I'm there. What about you? Huh? What about you? You going to do any shouting in heaven? You going to do any praising in heaven? You know, I just wonder, the thought just come to my mind, I just wonder if that's what Jesus meant when he prayed. He said that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wonder if Jesus was talking about praise and worship. I wonder. Jesus said, 
I prayed that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was probably talking about praise and worship. Living holy. Talking about the fruits of the Spirit. The Lord himself will come down with a shout. Glory to God. When's the last time you spent 30 minutes in prayer? Don't answer that. You know, I, I've told you many times, before I preach these sermons, I have, to, I have to hear myself and then preach them to myself numerous times before I'm able to deliver them to the congregation. But when's the last time that you spent 30 minutes in prayer? When's the last time you spent 30 minutes reading the Bible? I know on a regular basis we ask you to read two chapters a day. But what about 30 minutes? Or when was the last time you gave up something really close to you? That you gave it up so that you could be closer to God? When's the last time God knocked on your heart and told you to give somebody $20? When's the, la when's the last time? I can go on and on and on. When's the last time God told you to give a car away? To give something away? When's the last time that you heard from heaven and God says, I want you to sacrifice something? I want you to trust me. I want you to hear. The Bible says that his children will hear his voice. When's the last time that our, that our minds were so focused on him that when God tells us to do something, we obeyed it? Now, the Lord knows I've made many, many mistakes in my life. But I will say the Lord has spoken certain things to me, and just by his grace, I have obeyed him. And I will say also, when I have obeyed him in those circumstances, has always come my greatest blessings. Has always come my greatest blessings. Things I couldn't buy, things I never even thought of, but he brings them to us when we obey him and hear his voice. You see, there's a misconception in the, in the church today. There's a misconception. And that misconception is, is, you know, the longer we come to church and the longer we know the Lord, the quieter we get. We get more holy. You know, we got we to gotta start doing things, you know. Yeah. We start, I have to start talking to this Christianese, as they say. We have to get a different tone of, in our voice when we pray. And we don't lift our hands no more. We don't shout no more. We don't hoop no more. We don't holler no more. That's a misconception. That is a lie from the devil. You know, just common sense. I'm just a common, simple guy. I'll just tell you. you ask any of my friends. No, don't ask them. <laughs> Don't talk to them about nothing. <laughs> what was I talking about? The truth is, it's, it's a misconception that it's a lie from the devil because, see, the devil don't want you raising your hands. He don't want you hooping and hollering. He don't want you rejoicing. He don't want you telling nobody. He don't want you to walk around with a smile on your face all day just because of the joy of the Lord. The devil don't want that. The devil don't want you to look different than the world. Frown like everybody else. Have an attitude like everybody else. Be grumpy. Push your way through that Walmart line. 
like that. <laughs> Get out of my way. That's what, that's what the devil wants, but no. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. His joy is our strength. So the misconception is that the longer we come to church, the quieter we get, the more we hold back. But you know what? It should be the opposite. Because we should know him better next week than we know him today, right? We should know him a year from now better than we know him today, right? So we should shout more a year from now than we shout today, right? We should raise our hands more a year from now because we know him better. And he is worthy, worthy to be praised. Give him a shout right now. Hallelujah! Glory! I mean, seriously, is not God as great as he always has been? Does he not love you as much today as he did five years ago? He does, doesn't he? That's why we should praise him. That's why we should worship him. Is the blood of Jesus Christ not as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago? It is. That's why we must praise him. That's why we must worship him. That's why the more excited we should get, the more committed we should get, and the more faithful we should be. When we find out that he will, he'll never leave us or forsake us. And it goes from being just a Bible scripture to being a truth in our heart. When we realize that, that, that he really does supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. When we realize that as a truth in our heart and not just words on a page. We need revival in the churches today. You see, revival is when the saints of God begin to act and believe the word of God. And then we do something about it. Let me repeat that. Revival is when the saints of God begin to act and believe the word of God. And then do something about it. I'm sure you have heard the scriptures. You know, we, we hear people say, I believe. But see, that's no big deal. Believe, that's... Even the demons believe and shudder. You see, even the demons, they believe and they shudder. True belief has an action. You got that? True belief has an action. Even the demons know. They truly believe. You know why they tr I know they truly believe? Because they shudder. They're in fearful of the coming end. So what's our action? Of our belief. What do we do? Where, where, where's it at? Where's, where's my action? Now see, I have to ask that for myself. You have to ask it for yourself. God doesn't want us all to do the same thing. We all have certain ministries and certain people that we can affect, that we can touch. Now here's a misconception. People don't know, have to know about your ministry. As long as you and God are on the same page, God is so proud of you. As long as you are following his direction, people don't have to know it. 
You don't have to stand up here and preach. You don't have to lead a song worship. As long as you are following the direction that God has for your life, you are bringing him glory. Amen. 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 Revival is when the saints of God are on fire. And then the sinner cannot help but to listen. You know, they they always say one thing about a fire. If nothing else, they'll come and watch you burn. (laughs) You ever notice that? We was gathered around a fire last night. Why is that? I don't know. Is there anybody here that's never been gathered around a fire and watch it burn? Anybody? Nobody! Nobody here has ever been gathered around a fire. So when the church gets on fire... With the love of God and the compassion and the grace of God, revival will come. Amen. 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 I know some of you are thinking, yes, preacher, where's your scripture to back it up? Well, let me show you. Let me show you. In Genesis, uh, starting in chapter 20, 21, and 22, we see the story about Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac. And I'm going to give you the short version of this. And they prayed, and they prayed. Abraham and Sarah, they prayed for a baby, and she could not conceive. They prayed, what was it? Was it 14 years or 19 years? I haven't read that uh, lately. But they, they prayed for years and years, almost 20 years, and did not cease. And about the time is about to give up why Sarah became pregnant. So they had prayed forever for, for this son that God had blessed them with. And then God asked Abraham to do something. The unthinkable. The unimaginable. He asked Abraham to sacrifice the very son that God had given him. Now think about this. They had prayed for almost 20 years for this child. And then God says, I want you to take that child. And I want you to sacrifice that to me. And then I think it's verse, uh, verse 21, maybe it's 11, maybe it's 21, 11. The scripture says, after Abraham had been obedient and, and, he, took, and he took Isaac right up to the exact spot that God had told him to go. And Abraham had raised the knife. He had tied Isaac up and he raised, raised the knife and he was about to sacrifice him to the Lord. The angel cried out to Abraham, stop, stop. And then God said, now I know. He spoke to Abraham and he says, now I know that I can trust you with all that I have. Now I know that you are completely mine. And see, sometimes I think that's what, that that's what is required for revival. I think God wants to know that he can trust the church with all that he has. And the only way that will happen If we trust all that we have to him. What are we holding on to? What are we holding on to? You've got to let God have it. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's your young ones, your marriage, your finances, whatever it is. What God wants us to do, he wants us to trade our stuff for his stuff. How many of you think that sounds like a good deal? Our stuff for his stuff. Your junk 
for his good stuff. Now here's my point. Don't be surprised when God asks you to sacrifice something. It's just part of being his children. It's just part of being part of the family. You know, if, if you're a part of a family, there's sometimes you've got to sacrifice some things for your family. Is there a mama here that's never sacrificed something for her family? Is there any dad here that's, that, that's went, that, that has stayed somewhere overnight because of his job that would much rather be at home, but he done it because of his family? That's kind of a mentality that the church has, and I think that holds revival away that, oh, we don't want to sacrifice nothing. We don't want to give up anything that we have. Nine o'clock for Sunday school, that's too early. And here people go to work at six o'clock every through the week, but we can't get here at nine o'clock. I don't understand that. We don't want to sacrifice. We won't, we, don't, we won't give up our stuff for God's stuff. Just like Abraham, when God knows that we will obey him with all that we have, he will trust us with all that he has. Second Chronicles 7.14, a classic scripture, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will forgive them other sins and restore their land. A dirty word in America today, humble. We don't want to be humble. But how many know... <laughs> And this isn't a comment, but I'm going to say it. This isn't a comment for President Trump or against President Trump. But how many of you know that President Trump is a lot more bearable when he's humble? Yeah. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, meaning that if we'll put his ways above our ways, if we'll put his stuff in front of our stuff, if we'll seek his will instead of our will, he will hear our prayers and heal our land. And that's when revival will come. Believe that he is who he says he is. That's ultimately what God wants us to do. He wants us to believe that he is who he says he is. And then revival will come. In Exodus, one, one more scripture and I'm going to close. Stay with me just another, another minute here. In Exodus, we see where, where God brought his chosen people out of bondage. And he brought them out of bondage into the wilderness. Okay? And he fed them manna to eat. They didn't have to earn it. Every day when they woke up, that manna was outside on the ground. They just walk out. God was supplying their needs, right? When they sound like a pretty good setup, don't it? Would you rather, would you rather work for it or do you rather God supply it? Well, you might have to work, but if you work with the right heart, God will supply also. All right? So then after they got tired of the manna, and they wanted something else. They started grumbling and complaining. So God gave them quail. He gave them quail 
And they didn't have to go out and shoot. Anybody here still have any bird dogs? I bet there's a bunch of people here still got their shotgun they used when they used to bird hunt, I bet. But they didn't have to go out and hunt the quail. They didn't have to go out and work for it. Now, see, if we're not careful, we will miss the spiritual truth here. And that spiritual truth, what God is telling his children and he's telling us today, he is telling them, I am your provider. Whatever you need, I will provide it for you. If you will follow me, if you will love me with with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind and all your strength, I will provide for you. I'll provide your grace that you need. I'll provide the love that you need. I'll provide a savior for you. If you give to me, I'll give back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today and we praise you. Father, we thank you, Father. I just thank right now for this congregation with open hearts, Father. We come to you. With open hearts, we just ask, O oh Lord, that you'll minister to each and every one of us. Strengthen us, O oh Lord. Now, you don't have to come up here, but I, but I want to pray for you. If there's anybody here that, need, that wants prayer this morning, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray right now. You don't have to come up here. Just raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody here? Amen. Amen. I, I see a lot of hands. That's a good thing. I've got my hand up. You guys can pray for me, okay? All right, Heavenly Father, I just, I pray for every heart and every hand that was raised. Father, I just pray, Father, that their heart will be open toward you. Father, I just pray that you've spoken to them this morning, Father. And Father, and they'll take these spiritual truths and they'll give everything they have to you. And they will see that you can, and and you will see that, that you can trust them with all that you have. That you can trust us with true riches. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Revival will only happen when we acknowledge that we need him. Humble. That's what the Bible says. Humble yourselves. But only when we acknowledge that we need him all through the scriptures God tells all of mankind to believe in him to believe that he is who he says he is and let me tell you if you will come to him today and stay with him tomorrow and the next day there is no stopping and there's no, there's no telling where God will take you and your family. There is no limit when it comes to God. You know, I could sit right here and I could point around and, and, uh, and I could tell you my story. But there's all kinds of people that could tell you their story. The direction that their life was going and the condition that their life was in before they gave it to the Lord. And then now they can tell you about all the blessings that God has poured out upon them. Whether it's financial or whether it's a loving marriage or whether it's your children, whatever the case may be. And it's all because they've chosen to follow God. Today, tomorrow, and forever.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.